Welcome back to Cash Gallery's podcast Q&A. My name is Chris Reno, and I had a great conversation with Susan Chrysler-White in the Caddish Gallery on October 28th. We talked about her work in the show and her career. Please enjoy. Susan is Professor Emeritus at the University of Iowa. She's a painter, painting professor there. Just stopped teaching last year? Last year, yeah. yeah. Just thought we had one semester of COVID uh, teaching, you know, online, and then that was that. Oh, you yeah. did the online thing? Yeah, yeah, one semester. That was enough. That's enough for all of us. That's enough to teach painting. Yeah. Yeah. And before, and it, you were at Iowa for 20, 20, years, 20, 20 years. years. And I taught 36 years all, all together. Before that, it was. Um, I taught, I never taught tenure track. I was always like one to five years in the old days when you could do that full time and everything and get insurance. So I would, I loved traveling around. I was at Tyler's School of Art um, in Philadelphia for about five or six years. And then I went to Rome and ta- taught in their Rome program for a couple of years. Then I taught at uh, Cooper Union School of Art and Architecture and headed their painting program for about, I was there five years. Tom, what do you think? Yeah, five years. And then um, uh, visiting artist one year at Carnegie Mellon. And uh, I think I was, there, was, there were a few others in there, but yeah, that's it. Wow, that's pretty. Yeah, yeah. So primarily in the East Coast? Uh, primarily East Coast in Europe, but uh, in, in Italy. Um, but, you know, Iowa came up. On, uh, you know, we were living in Mexico, actually, for two years, almost two years, and uh, with our little kids. We had left uh, New York because we wanted to, you know, leave, and uh, we were ready. It was the dot-com, you know, it was pretty intense. We lived on Broadway. Oh. So it was like two little kids on Broadway. It was a lot. And I, I, I was really paying full-time. Tom had a big project. It was, it was just hard to, you know, realize the teaching full-time, the two kids, the full-time studio practice, yeah. showing fair amount. It was like, yeah. so we, we got rid of everything, or we more or less did, and moved to Mexico for a while, where my parents lived, so that they could get to know the kids. And, and then, where uh, in Mexico? San Miguel de Allende in the state of Guanajuato. Guanajuato, yeah. Where is that? I it's central know. Mexico. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I uh, lived there for a few years, and then we, we um, went back to New York, where our loft was, got rid of it, or you know, let go of it, and uh, looked for jobs. And um, I saw a film uh, called <laughs> The Farmer's Wife, mm. uh, which was an amazing film, um, POV, point of view. Mm. And it was a three-series piece, and uh, it was about an Iowa family. And there we were on Broadway with the dot-com and the insanity of money, and yeah. just more young 25- to 40-year-olds <laughs> with more money than they know uh, to yeah. do it. And I saw this film, and I said, let's jobs open and let's go you know so uh-huh. I, I applied and I got it we came wow so what year yeah. was that exactly that was uh, 21 22 years ago what so it was, was right that? around oh, 2000, 2000 so we pre-9-11 before 9-11 yeah. so now is your experience anything like the movie well you know I mean that was about <laughs> the, the movie actually was about this kind of passion for uh, this farm over generations and just the connection to the land which uh-huh. I thought was pretty profound and um you know, we living on Broadway, we, you know, there was no connection to any land, you know, there was, we were grandfathered into a place there, a big lot, but it, it, it just somehow, you know, I was, and my family originally was from Iowa, so there was okay. something in that that just seemed kind of right. And um, I came out for the job interview, I bought a little house, Tom was kind of tweaked a little bit, <laughs> and then we, we drove out, and huh. yeah, we're here. Anyway, it was a good thing. It was a good thing to do, a great thing to do on all fronts. You know, Iowa treated me wonderfully, you know, really great. And I was able to have big studios, do my work. It was like I taught a 2-2 course load. She taught a 2-2 Yeah, 2-2 course load, which was really amazing. They gave me every scholarship I could possibly, you know, they were really generous. Nobody in here is jealous of this in any any form or fashion. No, but I was able, you know, they, they have, if you teach there if anybody wants to because yeah. you know there's going to be openings I'm sure but um, <laughs> yeah. they have these fellowships where you can um, you know teach one semester uh, not another also for yeah. three years you know things oh like really that. Yeah. yeah anyway it was good really good how did your work change when you moved from uh, um, the east coast out here you know I was really aware of, of uh, you know not wanting I was very aware of not wanting to do that at that point. I, I just felt like um, 
I had already been through this huge shift in my work mm -hmm. living in Mexico, and Tom and I worked with a group of Chichimeca Indian women, developed a cooperative with them um, where they were making their own embroidery of the stories of their lives, and we were really engaged in that. And, and for me, uh, their use of color was, um, you know, I mean, I, I've always been interested in textiles and in really powerful, uh, you know, colorful work, but uh, working with them, it just made me aware. I had been only using color kind of symbolically in my work, uh -huh. uh, which was more like kind of urine, blood. You know, it was a very, it was very kind of hardcore, um, specific to a kind of violence against women sort of, um, huh. not so much the imagery, obviously yeah. it was there, but it was very um, kind of, um, laid in, deep, you know, but uh, when I started working with them, there was a kind of celebratory nature of working with color that just was innate in me somewhere down there, but I had sort of, sort of suppressed it, so Interesting. suddenly working with them, uh, I really wanted to use color, and I thought about it a lot. We used to buy this yarn with all day glow colors of yarn and things for them to work with, and um, yeah, I just jumped in and started doing that. So your color really expanded because of Mexico. Totally, Going back down there and totally. spending time, it really right. expanded but there. you weren't using financial dice like they do in Oaxaca. In Oaxaca, no, no. I was full on day glow, yeah, you know, <laughs> spray paint, colored, right. silver, gold, yeah. you know. I, I just, they love that, and the women, and, um, it, and um, yeah, they really use it. I mean, they use it. They have such an incredible sense of color. And they all, you know, they, they're not in the moneyed economy, the women, so there was no way for them to make a living. Uh, the men were all up in the States. Uh, they were recruited heavily out of the state of Guanajuato at that time because there was no um, real industry in Mexico. So the ranches would come down, park their giant trucks, offer everything to these men, and they'd go, and they would never come back for the most part. Uh, um, you know, they were uh, seducing to um, sort of staying. And, yeah. You know, so the women really had no way to make a living. And many of them with six to eight to ten kids. Jeez. Oh, I think it was devastating for many of them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, there was really, it was very hard. Um, also, well, it's very complicated. I don't have to get too far into the politics of it, but, you know, it's not like we offered them, you know, this wonderful thing, but I was working with this group of women called Mujeres and Cambio, helping women in the uh, countryside find viable ways uh, economically to make and it was something we came up with. Tom was super involved in it, too. And uh, we brought them fabric and things like that, and they embroidered these. And then he did a lot of the marketing throughout the United States and Canada. Mm. We did it together with the family. We would go on a train and go up there. But he, he did, you know, mm. a lot of it, too. So we were really, we showed him in really major spaces in, in the United States. And mm. they won an award out of Mexico City for the most creative uh, new project. It was a, it was a great project, you, you know. Do you think and it these still keeps did. going, or? Well, what's what's amazing is that it has mutated into all different kinds of things. Uh -huh. So, it became an art form that then mutated into lots of other art forms, all embroidery, all very personal story related, uh, and very very personal, I guess, instead of just like a, you know, a, yeah. a manta for tortillas or something like that that just had the Virgen Guadalupe. This would have, you know, their story. So they still right. do. So it's pretty interesting, that part of it. So did they work uh, together as a community? Not at all. No, these are Chichi Mecca women. They're completely independent. They were the only, um, I think... They worked uh, in their homes. They were the only um, Indian uh, Indians in Mexico that were not conquered, from what I've known, huh. uh, by the Spanish. So they were fiercely independent. They all are very independent. <laughs> they stay very independent. <laughs> they're, they're tough. <laughs> and they're, they, they work out of their little houses. If anyone wants to ask a question, just feel free to ask. You know, if you want. But you can go on too. We don't. Yeah, yeah. Just go on off that. No, no, I well, just. I just would like to ask the name of it so you could take season and choose. Mujeres en cambio. Oh. <laughs> Women in change. No, what was our? Uh, I'm sorry. Mujeres en cambio is the name of our. Milagro del día. Milagro del día. Thank you. I'm glad Milagro. my husband's here. <laughs> Miracle of the day. Milagro del día. Um, Milagro is. is uh, Somewhat like an ex photo, or just you know, you know those kinds of things. So, it's a milagro, miracle of the day. So basically, what they embroider is stories of their lives, which are like ex photo paintings, which are generally done by men, 
but the women did their own. And um, they're giving thanks to different saints for having cured one of their family members or themselves from a major injury or accident or a near-death experience. So they show an image of, of the collision or the disaster, be it an automobile accident, a cactus falling on them, you know, whatever, and showing a before and after kind of image embroidered, and then mm. they give thanks on the, on the, mm. on the, on the That's month. Really cool. So it's a traditional art form, but it was the first time that they used it in, in uh, embroidered huh. format. That was a pretty cool project. Well, so. Let me just step back a little bit more um, because I kind of like to frame this podcast as a thing for students to consider the arts and everything right, and right, um, right. just thinking about a career in the arts and how a career develops. So I always sort of ask the artists how they how they get to where where they are. Right. And yeah. So we've kind of started midway. Maybe we could step back a little bit further and just say how, you know, how, how does one, how did you, how does one become an artist? Right, now, you know, right, right, what, right. What do you think it looks like for today? How did you get there? What do you think it, what do you think it would mean for what someone starting like out now? now? Well, you know, it's so interesting because I see so many students that now are, have moved on and been out in the world and trying to do things. And, um, you know, uh, what did I do? Well, my road was, you know, I went to Berkeley undergraduate school. Uh, I was in environmental studies and um, botany and, um, you know, that to begin with. And, at UC Santa Barbara, I left there to go to Berkeley because I was interested in going in, into the arts. I took a painting class at mm. UC Santa Barbara and a drawing class, and I was just, you know, kind of just. So it was very it. late. It wasn't like you were drawing when you were four or whatever. It was... Oh well, my mom was was a kind of painter, mm. kind of painter, you know, and um, she made clay. Uh, so she, so she always was interested in it, and she took. I grew up in Spain. Uh, my dad was. Um, in the you know in the Air Force schools there, so I grew up in Spain and Madrid and in Zaragoza, Spain, uh, most of my younger childhood. So we went to a lot of museums. You know, we spent a lot of time in Prado and just all over. You know, so my, and my mom's interest was that. I see. In fact, we used to go to this flea market called the Rastro, and in, in, um, you know in um, in Madrid, and my mom would buy all the copies of all the paintings from the Prado. Oh, wow. <laughs> so our whole house was full of, like, you know, these tiny little, little things, copies. Yeah. So, um, so I kind of grew up around someone who was really interested in art. But no, I mean, I was really kind of a, a little bit of a wild child. I was an outdoor, I was a cowgirl, I was really interested in horses. I started out with a little pony. I, you know, I just sort of didn't, my sister was the one that sort of drew. But it wasn't until, okay, so I went to Santa Barbara, and I, yeah, I took a couple of classes, and I, it really, literally, I don't know the way of describing it, but it just kind of grabbed, just hooked me. I couldn't stop doing it. Mm. So then I went to Berkeley, um, and then I went, and I, I had a great time there. Um, there was a woman named Joan Brown, I don't know if you know of her, a painter. Um, you know, she was an incredible You studied with Joan Brown. Yeah. Cool. And... Um, Jim Melcher was there. He's more, more of a conceptualist, you know. Lot, just a number of people that were so, like, just, you know, so involved in their work. And it was such a yeah. immersive thing for me to see that, you know. And, um, yeah, I painted all the time in the studios all night, all of us. You know, we never left. Joan Brown made large paintings. Yeah, she yeah. made large figure paintings. Yeah, yeah, we all painted from the figure in her classes. Um, then, uh, you know, I had a number of, of, of people that were, I think, really uh, important at the time. Um, who am I thinking of? Conceptual artists. God, I can't believe it. Just drawing a blank. Uh, Barbara Kruger. Yeah, oh, Barbara, Barbara was there Kruger. for a year. Okay. And she was like cracking the whip and just <laughs> set everybody on fire. You know, she was like, she and was we all sort totally of, whatever harsh. we were doing, you know, we had to be thinking about it more and it had to be. You know, fucking political or else. Yeah. So we were all like on task. And um, so that was great. So then I, I, I applied to grad schools. Um, I was going to go to Yale. I actually chose Davis over it um, in terms of my, I could go to Yale, but I went to Davis. Oh, and, nice. Um, I, um, because, you know, it was a guy at that time. But it was, yeah, it was a really good move. Everyone that I knew, two other friends of mine that left and went to Yale from, uh, from uh, 
Berkeley uh, really, really had a tough time. It's kind of a meat grinder. Really, yeah. really hard. So then I, I just got out of grad school and I right away just wanted to paint. You know, you just want to be working. You know, yeah. I taught one semester uh, as a visiting artist at LSU in Louisiana. And um, I uh, I just know. I just wanted to get a studio yeah. to work. So I just. I, That's my story I bartended. too. I bartended. Yeah, exactly. And I worked. And I just, I, I and then I did other kinds of you know, manual labor and work. Totally. Completely yeah. my story as well. Do you yeah. think that's still a story that works? Well, you know what? It, it's interesting. Um, more and more, well, I don't know, you know, since COVID, everybody just sort of has been in, the, yeah. in Brooklyn and stuff. They've just had such a tough go there. But, um, you know, I've seen a lot of students make headway in grad school in terms of showing their work and getting it out and building a community from before leaving grad school, like kind of knowing where they're going. You know, and I think it's been very helpful for them. Yeah. So it's sort of that stepping stone kind of quickly happens. The grad school network is more important now. The grad school now. network yeah. and just, um, you know, showing a lot and showing early and kind of getting together in groups and showing, you yeah. know, has been really helpful for them. I mean, giving them a sense that they want to, that's what they want to do, you know. Yeah. Um, what about the students who don't necessarily want to go that route but want to incorporate art into their life? What's your experience at Iowa with Kids utilizing art in their in their life in some other way. Yeah. I don't know art therapy, art education, that kind of thing. What what, what are your thoughts on but that? Like these art days? education, art therapy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, or some I other mean, way to you know nonprofits or have you have you? No, definitely. I mean, I think that one of the things uh, you know there are some good programs in art therapy around the country. Um, of course, I'm not going to remember the names right now, but we did. Students have sought them out. I've some of our students have gone and taught there. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, it, you know, it's, that's been a, a, a kind of a, I think that's been really good. And yeah. one of the things that happens is those, those students that are working in art therapy that I know that are teaching now are also making their art, oh, you know, yeah. okay, so it's not like a number of these people that are just sort of in right. the arts and sort of, I think, you Never know, make it again. Th they're, they're still seeming to make work, you yeah. know, so that, that's been really, I think, good to see. Yeah. Iowa was an interesting place when I got there. There is a, there is a lot of history there. There's a lot of contention, a lot of complication, a lot of sure. siloed sort of situations, and and I think it's becoming more collaborative now, which is really great. I think the silos are breaking down more. A lot of the older guard that really kind of had hierarchy in different place, in different programs, that's all changing. So it has potential, yeah. I think, to yeah. be really good again because we have amazing facilities, right? And we have. Um, a lot, a lot That's to right. offer. Brand really, new building. Brand new building two brand new buildings. <laughs> true. Beautiful, amazing buildings, amazing equipment. Yes. You know, amazing. I mean, our, you know, bookmaking is just off the charts. Yes. Amazing. It's not even affiliated with us, but it's still yes. in our. And printmaking. I mean, it's been. It, it has incredible. Yeah. You know, all of it's just ripe. Right. We've just and some of the programs are great. Right. Painting is the one that's taken a big hit this this past five years. Mm -hmm. But it, it, it'll change, I hope. Um, well, let's talk about the work then. Um, and again, if anyone has any questions about the work, just ask away. But um, this is all new work that you created in the last year or two, is that correct? Year. Mostly last year. It's last year. last year. And you would say it's, obviously there's a change with the, with the shelves and the objects on the shelves, but also you, you say this, is, this body of work has a different feel and that it, you were... Yeah, it's really quite, I mean, it's interesting. You know what, this sort of dialectical way of sort of, I, I hope I'm using that word right. My husband can jump in if I'm not. He's always my wordsmith. But, you know, the idea of like, um, you know, I always shift major changes in my work. I'm always sort of pushing that. And then I come back and dig, pull up stuff from the past mm. and bring it along with me. Mm. And I think right now this body of work, Definitely looks back at the work I was doing like 2007, 2012, 15, and brings more along with me um, in, uh, in the work that, that's happening here. Uh, within the, for the last seven or eight years, maybe even a little bit more, I've been um, really uh, on a, you know, the work had a kind of really aggressive, mm -hmm. very geometric. Geometric uh, kind of geometric thing back, happening. But yeah. also, I tore everything. Everything was sort of ripped a lot of, and then put back together. Everything was sort of rebuilt and reconstructed. It, it was very much about sort of environmental issues in the work. Uh -huh. 
uh, really kind of forefront. And, um, you know, a lot of it, um, you know, just sort of looking out at, at the world and sort of seeing what's happening. And, you know, I think for me, the sort of environmental collapse uh, in our in our uh, environments has is, is, is been huge. I'm a, uh, even though I grew up in Spain, I'm, I'm originally from California, Northern California. My family lived in Chico, which was next to Paradise. A lot of you know there were these big you know all of that stuff has been kind of a, a big kind of a part of just sort of on my on my uh, landscape. Mm-hmm. Just sort of thinking about that, um, and um, yeah, it's. Uh, so, so a lot of the work uh, prior to this last two years was more, you know, really uh, responding to uh, sort of politically in a way to like the environmental collapse, you know. Yeah. And I felt kind of when COVID hit, or maybe even a little before that, I was sort of going in and sure. a little bit more. I felt uh, I would look at the work, and I. I sort of somehow felt a little bit detached from that work. Mm-hmm. I had a big show at a museum, 2019, with all that work, and I remember looking at it and um, liking some of it. These draw, these are a series of drawings oh, in that main there. room there, that other little room, that were small series. It's called the Attempt to Reweave, which were um, kind of a, a smaller drawings of the larger body of work, and I, I remember liking something about those drawings where. They're woven together. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm using that and embroidery thread, which sort of speaks to my history with women in embroidery, and I keep using that as, as part of the um, of my material that I use symbolically, and I wanted to kind of do more with it personally, and not so much in sort of this kind of more political realm. Huh. Um, so I, I this body of work kind of comes out of thinking that way. Huh. Um, you know. I've not lost my mom and my dad recently. I've, you know, there's just been um, other kinds of uh, personal issues, and I just did. I go inward. A lot of the um, these kind of element, not so much this one. This one has a sort of celebratory mode to it, but a lot of these elements, like there, the brain scan sort of thing and things like that, yeah. sort of move inside the body in a way. Um, and uh, that, that there's a sort of, I'm using glassine. All of these, I don't paint with brushes. All of these are just poured with um, like ketchup tubes. So I just use paint, I mix it, and put it into the tubes. So all of these are put on glassine paper, which is an archival transparent paper, everything that's on here. And, um, and I just collage, everything's collaged on these. Um, or I print them through, I print, I, I paint on the paper and then I, I print it on, on the, on the uh, paper, I mean on the canvas. Um, so I just this one here, I think, kind of echoes to a, a sort of moving inside the body. I think all of these, in some ways, deal with the kind of the interiority of the body. Um, and this one has a real pendulum feel. Yeah, that that's more celebratory. These two are kind of have a little bit of a celebratory. Although um, this one's called trance. Uh, this one's called. Um, um, surrounded, I think. Did you use the arc of a bottle or something swinging in space? Because it is. No, I just use my arm. It's on oh, the yeah. ground. Everything's on the ground. Everything's made on the ground. Uh-huh. And That's I, I nice. pour it and then I fold everything. So everything has a kind of bilateral symmetry to it in general. Not so much this. But for instance, this would be on the ground and I'd be doing this to it. Then I take the canvas and fold it up and pull it out again. And then I start drawing into it and working on it. Um, oh, so you actually squished the whole canvas there yeah, before it was stretched on the... Yeah, all these canvases I do on the ground, that's why, you know, uh, when, when they're just, you know, canvas. And it's problematic because one of the things that happens is you never know your edge. Yeah. You don't really know where your rectangle is. Right. And you could be working away and you don't really know. And the edge is so important. Right. You know, you right. More than you even know. And then you sort of try to put it up and then... You realize you totally screw it. You know, but you keep working on them after you stretch it, I know, right? Of or course no? you do. And yeah. then, but I'm realizing now I, I want a much more of a geometric underpinning in some yeah. of these. So it gives me a kind of core yeah. substance. What to react to it. Yeah. Anyway, and then this one's called My Own Private Ecosystem. This this one's called Watching. Uh, that one is um, Talisman. So these, you know, are back to older work that I did. Where I would build these little worlds, um, uh, you know, and I've called them any number of things from these kind of um, uh, 
uh, little um, uh, sort of in Spain when I grew up, um, there was something called the escudo, which is like a coat of arms or you know what you see on the end of a spoon, you know, from Germany or Spain or wherever. Yeah. It's like that little invented world. Yeah. You know, it could be a coat of arms, but it also could be like a little landscape. Scroll. Or yeah, yeah. It's everywhere. And as a child growing up with it, somehow it was beyond fascinating uh-huh. to me. And it, and it, it's been carried. It's, it's been carried a long way from me. And um, so I, when I started making these little uh, decals, which is what I call them, you know, also I'm a Californian. In some way, in my when my you know high school years and stuff, you know, decals were everywhere. You know, of course, we all had decals on our cars, on everything. We all, every object had a decal. So there's this kind of this overlap of this sort of uh, like a like in some way an encapsulated experience or moment, so and also a kind of detail, I think. Like, it's on glass like, scene. Like, like for instance, I mean, this clearly could be like this vaginal image, you know, or these plant formations, or and I'm starting to kind of play with putting them all together in this ecosystems or these homes that they live in. Um, you know, some of them have the embroidery thread or thread. I'm starting to pull things out, use it in the linear structure. I, I don't know quite what I'm doing with it yet. But. So when you say you're going going back inside, I, I'm trying to get at like what the, the composition. And I, I hadn't really thought of how different these were from the ones that you've been making the last couple of years with the the planar structure and the planes mm-hmm. kind of spill out and they literally spilled out into plexiglass yeah. and stuff. But these seem to be more like this, like a platonic field, which I guess is like a mental landscape. I guess yeah, is that yeah. what? what well, is that would be accurate. What? Yeah, exactly. Well, the one like right next to Tom there, that one I really think of as, you know, kind of more this cosmic space. Cosmic, yeah. Where, you know, you really get a sense of of, um, things that have exploded and burning or kind of there's sort of soot that's arriving, but there's also this kind of ethereal, more kind of ethereal blue uh, uh, scape, you know, skyscape or something. Uh This one I thought of more, you know, in terms of landscape, but... You know, I'm obviously looking at it like this. I was playing these things out, like graphic, you yeah. know, uh, sim- very, um, like a graph, you know, like, okay, we've got this, you know, yeah. you know th- this is my, you know, ecosystem. This Microscopic my slide kind of, almost. Right, yeah. All, yeah, all that kind of in a weird way that I like. See the interconnectedness that we're learning about how all of these, all of these science is all interconnected and relying on each other. Yeah, this one becomes really molecular in a way. But I'm also interested in, you know, kind of, yeah, what's interior, what isn't, what's exterior, you know. So I I think about that in terms of the space. Um, But then that one one on the right is very strange. I call it talisman because the thing just sort of ends up so illustrative and goofy and kind of like like little Disney creatures or something. I mean, it it borders on that actual characterization of of these sort of images, and and I'm sort of putting the pedal down and lifting it up and just seeing what what I'm interested in. Um, huh. You know, I'm also, you know, and in in this wall becomes my kind of more spiritually centered wall, I think, even though I would say that about this back wall too. But, um, you know, I mean, I think there's, uh, I you know, these things slip back and forth between being botanical, being you know, like I say, you know, kind of little elements of Buddha. Uh-huh. There, you know, it, it, they, they, oh my God. <laughs> Give me freaking, oh my God. This is Serena. She just had a show that opened a Postmasters gallery in New York this week. Oh my God. I love you. I'm going to riot. What Thanks are you for doing? Home from New York. Just got back the other night. Well, you were asking about the students. Yeah, she graduated right. from grad school last year. She's had two giant shows at Postmasters. Uh, one of the great galleries in New York City. Yeah, I'm so proud There's of you. And Tim Magico, we <laughs> we're not, we're not, I didn't mean. Oh, how funny. Anyway, um, oh, how fun. Serena, you're out of your mind. Oh, I can't, I'm so sorry. I didn't get to your show. Anyway, um, where was I? Oh, yeah, so this back wall, yeah. you know, I, I mentioned before, you know, that they, I, you know, someone like Hilma Offlin, which we all, you know, can't ignore right now. She's kind of this amazing painter where people are finding out about 
1984, she was in a show in LA called um, Spiritualism in uh, Contemporary Painting, in Abstract Painting. And uh, that work that she did when I saw it, it blew my mind in, in 84. And then I saw her at um, also uh, at, um, uh, what's, you know, uh, PS1 in, in, uh, in Queens in the 90s. She had a big show there. She's, all, you know, and it just felt like everything I was doing was was sort of, yeah. I, I, somehow she she was always kind of periphery to me. Uh, obviously, her stuff comes out of the occult, and the, I don't think about that. Yeah. But I do have a, a, a pretty strong spiritual leaning, um, and I, I do think about uh, a lot of things that, um, in, in, uh, and what I think a lot about well, what is spirituality and what, what does it mean and how does it affect me? What is it in my life? Of course, I belong to a group of women who are all Tom Collins and Wild Women of the Vestry, but they're actually these kind of amazing spiritual women who are involved in all sorts of some sort of more occult and not kind of activities as in spirituality. But it's a group of women I'm very involved in and with, and I think that it's anyway, the work kind of these, these sort of paintings happening over here. I, I'm thinking about, um, you know, uh, that realm more and about, you know, yeah. how, how it's sort of, what am I, you know, wh where am I headed with it? You know, there's this kind of curious, like, little botanical that becomes insect-like, that becomes, you know, uh, also, um, which, which also become, um, you know, a little bit like Tonka paintings, not that these, uh -huh. anything look like Tonka paintings, heavens forbid, <laughs> uh, from... Um, which originally were Nepalese and then became Tibetan paintings that were, were made um, about the Buddha. And I'm, I'm so in love with those paintings. Yeah. And um, in fact, my next move is to go to um, Tibet if I can. Oh, yeah? And really spend time there. Yeah, why, um, why haven't you done that? Uh, well, I spent a lot of time in India. India. I've been in India five India or six times, times, and I've been right. really in North India, right near Tibet, but I haven't been in Tibet. And I, I think I want to go and really just look at that work. I mean, yeah. um, there's a wonderful museum in New York. Um, and of course, I'm going to have a moment, a senior <laughs> moment. Uh, the Rubin Museum, huh. who uh, is probably one of the best collections of Tonka paintings, you know, all sorts of interesting mandala yeah. paintings and paintings from Tibet and from Nepal. And uh, I'm, you know, they, I look at them and I'm, you know how it is sometimes when you just look at work that really informs you yeah. or that means so much to you and you just fall through this hole right yeah. into it and it becomes you, you want to be it in some way. I think um, there's something about making paintings uh, for me that I, I, I love it when I'm there uh, with that and some paintings do that for me and I will say uh, Tonka paintings uh, yeah. do that. That, that makes a lot of sense. Really, Anyway, okay. Well, so now, if um, if I'm reading that right, then this return to the the symmetry has been a big part of your process always, especially yeah. with the decals. But right. these are these are much more the overall finished object is much more symmetrical than it has right. been recently. Right. Yeah, and it and comes straight from that. It I comes think. from that. I think it does. I think what I want is I really want a center. Yeah. You know, in the work, and I really want to set things moving from the center out, and I want. Um, you know, I'm not interested in um, the dynamics that, that was coming, that the kind of sort of drama and dynamic yeah. that comes out of that. This this sort of, I think I'm interested in how it brings you in the interior and kind of moves you around. Like the one on the left, um, I, you know, a lot of, you know, I've been thinking about, uh, Tom gave me this amazing book uh, of these drawings on the brain. I don't know if you know the, that book. Who's the author? The nerve ones. The nerve ones, yeah. Well, our senior moments. Yeah, that's okay. But anyway, I, I'm fascinated with it. I spent a lot of time with it. I think about it, um, it, you know, there are all these river maps, and it's amazing river maps about the Mississippi, and, you know, just, you know, seeing the overlap of these and the interior of the body and the exterior, you know, of our landscape. So these go interior in a way. Um, that I haven't so much before, uh, but they also can, I think, also reference, as I mentioned, landscape and things like that. And the clay is all new. I've never made clay before. I just started yeah. to make it a couple months ago. 
And I just, I was making it because I was asked to make it uh, by someone. Would you like to come and make clay? And I thought, yeah. <laughs> and so I went and made clay with them. And I had this wonderful woman, Ginevra, and she said, whatever you, you need to know, I'll show you. And so it was kind of a great, you know, sort of residency where I could do that. Yeah. So I don't know what I'm doing with it yet. I'm excited about it. It's very much about drawing for me. Everything becomes sort of drawn. This is much less... This is my hand to mouth kind of creature here. Well, let's talk about it with that. I mean, you, yeah. the interiority, the, the this, uh, spiritual schematic idea, the di diagram that you get in that with these paintings, and then and then you put the object now in front of it. What what what's what? How do you okay. how do you think they're working? How, okay, how do you think they're working? I guess you freaking think they are, Chris. But that's <laughs> do you I think they're working? I mean. Uh, yeah. um, <laughs> Well, I want to say one thing about Chris. Chris was my assistant on an 80-foot painting project I did. And every day he would say to me, what do you think you're doing with this? Come on. <laughs> just, just try to find clarity every yeah. day, you know. Now, um, one of the things that began to happen with the object is that I started to think about, well, what are these things I paint? And what do they look like? And, you know, what if I was to do something, you know, to make them into something actual, what, 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 what would it be? Um, and so I was sort of thinking about that when I went to the clay, because I, I was sort of panicked. Come, do clay with it. <laughs> I thought, that's my question. Yeah, go ahead. That good panic, that's a good panic there, but yeah. I, but then, you know, one of the things I loved, you know, back to growing up in kind of Latin culture, um, you know, one of the things, Catholic girls school all my life early, you know, young life, and you know, reliquary, being in a Catholic church, going to Mass every day, you know, you sure saw it. It was everywhere, these symbols just floating at you and in the museums, you know. You know, I, I had fascination for it. You know, I told you with these escudos and these, like, coat of arms that were on everything that you had. I was so fascinated by it. And I started to think about, well, what is that? Why is it still there? I make the images. What is the thing? What do I want to make it be? Yeah. Um, and so uh, I don't know yet. So new. I mean, it's yeah. sort of embarrassing that I even have it in a show. No, but no, I thought, no. well, you know, put it so out this there. This is the space to do it for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's just interesting that the the, the decals, yeah. a lot of times, are more or less recognizable. Yeah. Like you're saying, even the one on the right is maybe more graphic, more illustrative than some of the others. I remember looking at paintings in your studio, and there's the the insects and. And yeah. like, is that a moth? Is that supposed to be a moth? Am I supposed to? And then he's like, well, yeah, it's a moth, but it's not necessarily a moth. It's yeah. ambiguous in that yeah. it's, it's this design, it's this thing that right. maybe this is floral, maybe this is astral. You, know, you, you, yeah. keep, you always skirt the levels of definition. Yeah. But then you actually have to make a thing, and I, I think yeah. you're, still, you're still doing that with these objects now. They, is it a vessel? Is it, a, is it coral? Is it, you know, you know it's, it's still staying in a realm of, ambiguity even as it gets more material. Well, you know what? I did a whole series of moth paintings this over COVID too, like a lot of them. And I realized they were so literal. Mm. Everything about them, in fact, I went as literal as I could. Oh, wow. And then I realized I'm, I'm so interested in when things, you know, aren't completely named or yeah. you're not sure what the intention is. Yeah. I guess what it is, anytime that way, it gives you a hook. Into your own world, yeah. You can reel in your your ideas, yeah. yeah well, I just um, <coughs> so I've been immersed in this, and I as soon as I walked in, you pretty much answered everything. Like at first, I was like, this seems very natural, and then you said, well, there's natural elements to this, and then they, and then I was like, well, it also seems very vaginal or very birth related, and you were like, there's elements to that, and then you said, um, you know, there's uh, things about brain waves, and I see like right behind you. When I look at that, I see like cellular growth or cell, like even like mm -hmm. uh, cells that are growing, what they are. even yeah, <laughs> cancerously. Uh, uh, and then I look at it around. Oh, virus. And then my big thing has been uh, the tactility and the shadow work of red uh. and. Yeah. The clay. Yeah. Yeah. And so my primary focus is in books and in installational objects that deal with shadow. Right. And so I look at these things 
and I see the shadow, and I see like the shadow is a uh, a non-real yeah. thing, like a thing that can be manipulated by the placement of the viewer or the placement of the object. And then I also look at the ceramics, and more importantly, like the thread on the painting, and I want to punch it. <laughs> right, like that tactility yeah. becomes so real for me, where I like. Yeah. I see it as a visual tactility, but what I want is a sensory tactility. And I, I was just wondering if, if as you're developing that, if you're thinking of it as being interactive in some sort of Well, way. that's so interesting. So my favorite one is around the corner over there, which is kind of hidden in terms of the 2D, 3D part of it. Um, you know, um, and that one looks as though someone shattered the object and then kind of reconstructed it, which is kind of what happened. You know, I did break it and then broke it again and then tried to re-glue it and then re-glued sections. And I think, um, and I, I, I'm not answering you. I understand what you're saying because you you're with books, right? You do books, yeah. Wouldn't it be great if you could just sort of, yeah, go in and, I know, do that, right. Well, you know, it's interesting because, you know, I've got a grandkid now and I go visit her and you know, and we want to make things or do things or, you know, she was cooking with me the other day and she grabs everything and sticks it in her mouth or puts it on her head, or, you know, and it's, I find it fascinating just her need for tactility right off from everything from the eggs to the, gra the grapefruit to everything. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, and I love that. So it, it's an interesting, but I, I, I can't imagine it being a part of this work at this point, but I, I love, I love the idea of it. Um, I, I mean, yeah, I think that makes sense, you know, the idea of wanting to kind of do something. So by decals, what you're really meaning is kind of like acrylic skins? Decals, yeah, yeah, they're like on glass scene. Glass scene. Here is glass and then scene. you pull them off and... and no, there's stuff in there still. So I'll squeegee oh, down with medium. It's just, it's actually collaged into the thing. Oh, the glass oh, actually. Should I put my coat on it? Oh, no, don't put no. your coat on it. I'll get it. I'll get it. Sorry. The glass scene is in the paint. Everything, this is glass scene, that's glass scene, all, everything's glass scene. Everything, everything that's. So they kind of exist as uh, on the side, and yeah. then they join the painting. Right. I, I make them, I make them, I make many, many, many decals or whatever. There's little elements all over. And I'm thinking of somebody else. No, yeah, she works on um, something totally different, like a yeah. plastic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, plastic. Yeah. And, but that becomes part of the. Sorry, Chris. That becomes part of the painting. Yeah, yeah. No, it becomes part of the painting for her. Yeah. You know, um, I have done a number of pieces that is just layers and layers and layers of glassine, and that's the that's the object. You know, it's not on paper or something right. like that. So and I don't um, really like sense the glassine. Huh? Yeah, you know him. Oh my God! <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it's students everywhere. <laughs> I know, sorry. You gained a little weight. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, you slimmed down. I slimmed down. I slimmed down. I slimmed down. Uh, anyway, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm looking at you when you're asking this question. I'm going, shit, I know. Well, I thought you picked up on it when he said me earlier. Oh, no, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Good oh, my. to see you. Great to see you. Oh, yeah. my God. Um, you asked about dream creatures or something. I was just staring yeah, at sorry, you going, enough, shit, that, is that Lee? Is that not Lee? We said uh, the seriality, um, the serial nature. Why, why do you keep coming back to... Is that what, was that Lee, yeah, thinking about just, I, I think 
you talk about your work going through evolutions, but something that seems consistent is that seriality and repetition. I know you love Eva, and she repeats a lot, solo with. I know, I know. It's just wondering how, what that means to you, why that's one thing you keep coming back to. And like yeah. the circle. What's I wonder why. And I, like the circle. Uh -huh. Like, I'm, why am I so attracted to the circle? So I'm asking you. Yeah, that. yeah. Well, guess what? <laughs> the circle. The circle. I mean, we and all so are. Who isn't? Enso. Yeah. Remember yeah. the term enso? What? Enso? Enso, the Japanese. Oh, right, right, right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that. Like and the, 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 the. And the unity and. Uh, that motion. Right, right, right. I thought uh, that that spoke to me. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm just interested. Have you ever said to yourself, what is it? Why Why is that? Oh, I think about that all the time. I mean, I think I should say, think about that all the time. But no, I'm always questioning what it is I'm doing. What the, what's the relevance of what I'm doing? Lee, I mean, <laughs> you know, it's so interesting because for you, image is so different. It's so profound. It's so specific. And it changes from, you know, it has a real tenor to it, right? And I'm using this as a vocabulary that I reuse and put back in the blender and reuse it again. You so know? these are like words and thoughts. Of right, right, right. Yeah, very yeah. much so. How can, how can I yet further take it and do this yeah. or do that? You know, um, and I think, um, like, one of the things that we were talking about, about venturing, God, it's so interesting that you would ask that question. Of course you did. Because you're like, why the hell are you still stuck with this? You know, we need to be, met, you know, because, uh, do you know Lee's work? Uh-huh. Yeah. So, um, anyway, so I think, for me, um, it, you know, you know, it might be some a level of formalism that came out of a period of the 70s when I yeah. was making work. Absolutely. Yeah. That... Um, you know, and having, uh, you know, loving someone like Eva has. I mean, which, of course, when you look at my work and you go, what? Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, the idea of a sort of kind of um, formalism that mm -hmm. you then rework and rework and rework in terms of all sorts of things, sort of conceptual, physical, mental, you know. And so I think the work, you know, plays off of that, uh, of that board, you know, and, and, as it were, you know, kind of um, as, a, as a framework. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, I'd like the work to sort of, you know, I mean, this is my COVID work. It's interesting. I was, I made this major shift, and then uh, really now wanting to think. And I just built a studio, which I get to move into in a couple weeks, and uh, a big studio. So I just feel like, you know, I'm ready to percolate, you know, and have a good period of time. I'm sorry, I've taken. No, no, it's time, great, absolutely. Yeah. So you. We'll we're talk about done, the, yeah, we? we're almost done. Okay. Uh, just one more question that came out of that with the new studio and that idea with the edge. Are you thinking about any way of working on big canvases in a different way, not off the floor or with yeah. the with the geometry? Is there any new new technology in your studio that you're exploring? Or? No, no, I don't have any technology in there. Tom? Sorry, Chris. I wish I did. <laughs> Something you can, painting. you would find it. I'll, I'll figure it out, yeah. Do <laughs> you, you want some? <laughs> like Chris brought, I mean, the stuff he bought for me, like giants. Ray monster <laughs> things, you know, when he was working with me. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, you always had good intentions. Well, you had to work be, on it. You had to work on those panels. They yeah. were already kind of there. You 14 had to figure feet out. high yeah. by 80 feet. And it, it, they were um, they were a lot. There was a, it's when you work that large, you know, thinking sort of about holding it together and yet working kind of like yeah. right here on the pieces. We had to very hard. line them all up outside. Pretty consistently, like every couple of days, we'd have to take them all out and line them up so you could kind of see the whole, you know, or at least the one section of it, you know, to just and get a sense of everything. And sometimes they would take flight. The wind would come and, because, you know, it's an airplane. It's made out of yeah. airplane wings, you know? Yeah, it really would. Anyway. Anyway, uh, yeah, we'll get on an hour here. Does anyone else have a question for Susan they want to ask? Oh, Lee, it's so fun to one see more, you. More. Okay, here we go. Good. Okay, so. Good. Because you always had those parties where we'd make gingerbread houses in grad school and we'd squeeze out the frosting and then put on the, the M&M's. Lee, you are totally mining exactly uh, what I'm doing. Yes, and I was thinking, what about that kitchen relationship that oh, don't exist that frosting of the surface? That, no, you yeah, know what? That, I, in fact, I, this was great. my computer. I would turn it around. 
and show you what I would say is probably the best sculptural piece I ever made. And it's one of those Rococo out of control, you know, that got this high, uh, you know, gingerbread houses. Wow. And I thought to myself, what am I doing? Like, I, you, as if I never made sculpture before. And I'm looking at that thing thinking, you know, yeah, Susan, do something really interesting. That would be cool. You know, yeah. so, yeah, I completely... That's so funny. That <laughs> happened yesterday. I, no, I saw it. Because I, I, I was, you know, throwing images away and trying to find images. And it, I came across this kind of, yeah, yeah, I really want to. But, I, you know, a lot of it has to do with just how new clay is to me. I don't realize yeah. that I can do it like I can do, you know, gingerbread or yeah. anything yeah. else. So I think, you know, that's something to Are you going to keep going? Keep going with the clay? Keep doing it? Um, who just told me to go to Kohler? Well, that's what I'm saying, yeah. I mean, you. they can really, they can yeah. really push it. Uh, no, I really level. want to, and I think Kohler is a good place to go because they know everything that they're doing. And yeah. I could, and I think, you know, maybe I'll work with cardboard and paper for a while and just figure yeah. out how these things really relate. Anyway, this yeah. is much too much for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I see where you're going with it because you use colored slip and just sling it around oh, yeah. a, on, a, on a flat. Well, my understanding is Kohler gives you the facilities and they gives you the assistance and they they set you they set you loose on whatever your idea is. So and you can work at a scale. Oh, have you been there? Have you done? Oh, they give you money. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Did you go to Kohler? No, I thought about it. Yeah. But I hadn't gone. Uh huh. And do you make sculpture or paintings? I make. Yeah, she's a ceramicist. This is Kristen's sister, Egan. Oh my God! Of course, yeah, that's great. Oh yeah. I know. I think it might be a really good deal to go there. They want you there a long time, so uh -huh. if you don't have a job, it's, it's ideal. Yeah. Like I think they want you there three or four months. Oh. And, and so I don't know. The only time I could have gone was summer because I'm sixty-two, and um, no, they say be careful if you have asthma or something because it's a oh the, the the factory you're in the factory. Yeah. I don't know why I did that, but I did Well, you have to be careful in clay studios because no matter what, you, you have the dust from the clay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but I can make architectural scale panels. Yeah. 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 Anyway, great. Anyway, Thanks well, for coming. Okay, yeah. thank you, everybody. Thank you. This has been Q&A, recorded in the Kadich Gallery at St. Ambrose University in Davenport, Iowa. The Kadich and Morrissey Galleries are located in the Galvin Fine Arts and Communications Center at 2101 North Gaines Street between Locust and Lombard. All content of this podcast is the exclusive property of St. Ambrose University and may not be utilized without expressed written permission.